And as I promised the council, as well as the community last night, that uh, as we get this information, we will provide this information to the community. When we need the community, Franklin, one Franklin, to come forward and help, I know they will be there. Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere in the WFPR.FM and in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial 102.9. Town Council meeting last night, Wednesday, September 6th. So we do our Town Council quarterbacking with our Town Council Chair, Tom Mercer. Tom, good morning. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, Steve. Uh, good to be with you again. Yes, indeed. And we get to recap. Oh, two and a half hour and then you spent some other time in an executive session and we'll get to that eventually but yeah. that's executive session but we had plenty of conversation and plenty of topics to talk about from last night uh we absolutely do uh yeah it was all good uh i knew it was going to be a lengthy meeting so uh you know everybody had prepared for it unfortunately councillor frangillo was traveling but he was able to zoom in. So yeah. again, once again, Zoom helps. So, zoom helps. And it yeah. works. It does. And, you know, some people may, you know, irk at, you know, having to do a roll call. But from a transparency perspective, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that. And it takes maybe yeah. an extra minute or two per. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you weren't going to gain that much time last night anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, we were not. For no. sure. So for the new listeners, thank you for joining us. For the regular listeners, you know what we're about to do. And for the new listeners, we're going to try and condense last night's meeting to what are focused around a couple of questions in terms of, okay, what just happened? <laughs> and what does that mean for us Franklin residents and taxpayers? So we'll dive right in. And again, thank you again for taking time, making time to make this happen on a regular basis. And we start with some appointments. We had two committee appointments last night and then a set of uh, promotions from the fire department. Yeah. Uh, we did. And uh, again, uh, I'd like to thank the people for stepping forward and uh, volunteering for some of our uh, committee appointments. Last night, uh, we appointed uh, Andrew Pratt to the Design Review Commission and... Uh, and I would butcher her name, but Jaya uh, for the Municipal Affordable Housing Trust. Uh, and Jaya was on and was very helpful uh, with the pronunciation, correct pronunciation, of course, of her name last night. Uh, but she's joined the Municipal Affordable Housing Trust and Andrew Pratt for the, the Design Review Commission, and we thank both of them very much for stepping forward and volunteering to serve on those committees. Yeah, I think Jamie, our town administrator, mentioned there's still a couple of positions open on the Design Review Commission. Correct. Yes, he did. He did mention that last night. Yeah. So as a reminder for the listeners, new and old, uh, there's a link on the homepage of the FranklinMA.gov uh, for volunteers. And it'll give you a listing of the various boards and committees, what positions are open, and a link there to actually apply. 
Um, if you don't get selected in the first round, it's kept for a while and you may come back in another round. So uh, thank you for stepping up and applying and thank you as well for the people who did get appointed. And um, I think we've said here before, there's what, I think by rough count, it's well over 200 members of the community all volunteer Exactly. In the various boards and committees and councils, um, providing oversight for the for the there for the town to do its business. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, you know we thank everybody who serves, who give of their time, and I think you know most most people give of their time because they love our community and they love the things that uh, they want to just help and make it better. And then moving forward, we did have. Uh, Fire Department was there once again last night, uh, Chief McLaughlin and Deputy Chief Klitsch and Barberi were there, uh, as well as many Fire Department members for uh, some promotions and uh, one uh, new employee. Uh, Jack Lennon was uh, a new firefighter paramedic that was brought on board recently. And then we had... Uh, Six promotions. Uh, Tom Konechny was named a new battalion chief. Uh, Paul Mola promoted to captain. Lori Kay promoted to EMS captain. Matthew Kelly uh, to lieutenant. Uh, Michael Berthium to lieutenant. And Jonathan Chalk to lieutenant. And it was great to see all of them there along with their families. Uh, who came forward and, you know, wives and girlfriends and daughters and every, there were different people pinning each and every individual uh, with their badge. And we, as a council, just really enjoy having these uh, promotions brought to the full council during a council session. Uh, so we get a chance to say, Congratulations. Thank you for a job well done. And we look forward to the future and all the good things you will be doing. So uh, congratulations to all of them. I uh, thank the chief for his continued support and uh, bringing these things forward to us so we get a chance to say thank you. Yeah, and certainly from a budget perspective, these are not net new positions. Effectively, this is still living within what is the budgeted amount, which is a whole separate item in regards to should it be increased at some point in time? Yes, it should. But we'll, <laughs> there, yeah. there were no increases. These effectively kind of got batched because every time somebody leaves and or somebody retires, there's a whole set of dominoes. And the chief also alluded this is a very competitive process. People just don't stand in line and say, oh, I'm next. They, yeah. they compete for these uh, 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 levels and promotions. So um, kudos to them for doing that. And kudos to the chief for, yes, bringing it to the community, not just you, yeah. but to you, the community exactly. so we can meet. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, uh, all of these obviously didn't happen on the same day, uh, but they were kind of batched up and uh, brought to the council so we could do them all at once. Uh, and that was a great thing. So, again, as you said, thank you to the chief. And uh, I hope the community enjoys seeing those things uh, during council meetings. And then we shifted quickly to an update from Dean College with our president, Ken Elmore, uh, providing an update 
Um, energetic is one word I think I heard a couple of times last night, and certainly the the vitality that he has brought to the relationship recently. Um, I, I'm all all for absolutely. One hundred percent, and as am I. Uh, you know, uh, when Ken was uh, appointed uh, president at uh, the college, um, you know, he and I connected very early on. Uh, he wanted to know, uh, wanted to meet. We got a chance to talk. We, uh, I expressed uh, some of uh, the community's uh, concerns and. Uh, questions, and uh, he was just full of energy and said, "Listen, uh, we need to be one. We need to, you know, we talk, we talk about one Franklin from a standpoint of the community and the different uh, pieces of the community. Uh, the college is a piece of the community as well, and <clears throat> I know in the past people have always felt that." or I shouldn't say always felt they, I think I referred to, there was like a moat around uh, the college and, you know, uh, that wasn't what I would might call welcome mats over there. And uh, it was a perception and it was a perception that built over time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he has just opened the doors and said, listen, we want to be, we want to be part of Franklin. Uh, we want our campus to be part of Franklin, and we want Franklin to be part of our campus. And uh, uh, that that kind of thing, that kind of uh, vision, is something that was music to my ears, obviously. And I think it uh, will be as we move forward. There's many things they have going. Uh, President Elmore. Uh, you know, uh, brought a few of them uh, last night and uh, just mentioned them in his update, you know, partnerships with the senior center, partnerships with the library and wanting to do so much more with the library, partnering with the school system, partnering, partnering with businesses downtown, uh, uh, with uh, whether it be, uh, you know, students getting internships at different businesses in the community. Uh, these are all just great things. Uh, partnering with the uh, Franklin Recreation. And, uh, you know, one of the things he closed on was, you know, uh, Dean College is having, uh, playing their uh, opening football game on Saturday night at Franklin High School Field, uh, Pizzini Stadium. Uh, I think that's a great thing. And the more we can work together, uh, the more the community continues to become one. And uh, uh, I just really look forward to some of the things with the library. And the library is one of the pieces that uh, President Elmore is very, very fond of. And he's told me the story multiple times. And I've I've. Uh, uh, mentioned it to at a couple of council meetings and he did it again last night where, you know, uh, he was meeting with college presidents and they were talking about visions for their schools. Uh, and he said, you know, I have the oldest lending public library in the country basically on my campus. 
but I have a fence in between. And uh, he immediately, one of the first things he did was get that fence torn down. And now we're working together with trying to make a little common area outside. Uh, we met just the other day talking about how we get this common area where kids and college students could uh, read to the students uh, uh, just outside the, the library uh, that borders the Dean campus. So uh, they've got multiple programs going with the library. Uh, They've arts and culture. They've got uh, a good theater program, a good dance program. Those are two programs that are looking to expand at the college. Uh, so these are all just good things going on at the college, trying to make, and, you know, I'll just say it again. They, the college wants Franklin to be part of their campus and they want uh, the campus to be part of the town and the community. And I think uh, uh, I think we're we've got a good base, and we're moving forward. And I love his energy, and I think there's more exciting things to come. Uh, partnering with uh, or collaborating with the college on different programs. So. Uh, Loved having him come. It was his his thought. He asked if he could come before the council, and he's going to come two or three times a year just to give us an update. Yeah, and for the regular listeners, you may recall that at one point in time, he and at that time, Chancellor at Augustus had been part of the college leadership team. Uh, Chancellor Augustus, well, most folks I think are know now by now, has moved into a state role, coincidentally with housing. So he may still have an impact in terms, or maybe even a larger impact in terms of what he's gonna do for Franklin. And that was also mentioned last night, but yeah, the, the future is bright and he's uh, walking the talk, I think is the best way for me to yeah. summarize it. Yeah. Um, I had the pleasure of sitting with him in the studio uh, administered by one of his interns who was at the Franklin TV studio, radio studio for the summer. Um, and those programs, while they were done in the studio during the summer, are going to move to the Dean's studios during the school year. Um, and that kind of collaboration of production of a show, his is called Riffing on Main Street. So if you hear about it, tune in. He talks with different people and in my conversation, we talked about something other than the news that I do, <laughs> which will be interesting <laughs> for, for yeah. people to listen to. So we had a pleasurable conversation and we look forward to having more. Um, it's he, He's walking the talk. That's the best yeah. way to say he, it. He certainly is. And I was fortunate to uh, do a riffing uh, in Franklin uh, show with him just a few weeks ago. So uh, it's all good stuff. And yep. uh, I love the energy. And he walks the walk without question. Then some serious business. We get an update on the Tri-County Regional Vocational Tech School, which we found out last week did, in fact, get approved by MSBA, albeit only for 90 million, but still 90 million on a, what, 280 something. That's still a good chunk of change. And now we've got two big decisions facing us. Uh, yes, we do. And uh, uh, I can't tell people what a task that is to 
get approval from MSBA, and I applaud their efforts. They got it through, and I know because it's a technical high, regional technical high school, that kind of moved them up the list a little bit. But I know when we were in uh, with MSBA meeting on the Franklin's new high school, it's not a two-year process. <laughs> It, it is a lengthy process, very time consuming, and takes a lot of work and a lot of collaboration. And I applaud the efforts of the uh, Tri-County Group in getting the MSBA approval. That's a giant step in moving forward with a new facility, which they so drastically need. Which brings us to the two very important pieces that the town of Franklin uh, and the other towns associated are that are part of uh, the reg Tri-County Regional Vote uh, community. These votes are coming up. October 24th is the vote on the school uh, in order to build the school, the vote of the communities. Now, there are 11, 13, uh, I forget the actual, 11 communities, 11 communities that are part of the Tri-County uh, group. And they will, uh, all 11 towns will vote on the same day. Uh, I think uh, our town clerk said the hours are going to be 12 to 8 on those days. Yeah. And uh, and all the, all the communities are going to have the same hours same time and it's a total of all the it's a total vote so it's 50 percent plus one in order to pass the school uh but it's a combined vote of all the towns together so you know one town could vote it down but if the other 10 uh or if the total vote count is higher than 50 plus one then the school passes uh, and I'm, you know, I'm confident that the Tri-County people will be out there uh, pitching the school over the next few weeks and uh, helping people to understand why they need a new school. Again, as was built about the same time our old high school was built, uh, even a little earlier. And uh, uh, so it really is, it really is needed. And then the second vote, uh, uh, it was something that uh, uh, the town administrator and the administrative team, along uh, with, the, with the council, looked at when should we vote the financing? Uh, how do we pay for this? You know, our, uh, our piece of this, we are the second largest community of the 11 community in the in the form of number of students at the school. So our portion is roughly 2.1 million annually will be our exposure uh, as we sit here today. What does that mean on a half a million dollar house? It's probably $150 uh, annually, but that goes up and down. Uh, because it over over time, you know, it builds to a peak and it stays at that peak for a few years, and then it starts to dwindle down. That's how debt exclusions work. 
the council uh, decided last night to put the financing piece of the Tri-County uh, High School on the November ballot, the local ballot. So that will be a question uh, and it will be written and get out, get getting out to the public. And the, again, Tri-County will be out there uh, supplying and providing information as to uh, what it is, what it's all about, what the numbers are, how they make sense. It's a roughly $286 million uh, project. And, uh, you know, the uh, state will be kicking in uh, roughly 90 million of that. And then it's up to the 11 communities to pay the difference. Now, uh, different communities have different uh, pieces. It's all based on the number of students you have going there. Uh, that's how the percentages work. Uh, so we're the second largest. And just for an example, I think Jamie used the uh, uh, number of 3 million, which uh, is North Attleboro's piece as we sit. North Attleboro is the largest, has the largest number of students at Tri-County. So it's, uh, that's kind of the the differences between from one community to another. There might be communities that are very small and can uh, slide their contribution into their uh, normal budget because they only send three or four students. So in our particular case, uh, our budgets uh, being what they are and the budget constraints we have, and as we move forward, the budget constraints we know we are looking at, uh, the only way for us to be able to fund this is through a debt exclusion. Hence why we're moving forward with a ballot question to the community to provide a debt exclusion that would be just for the Tri-County School. And again, a debt exclusion versus an override, two different animals. Override never ends. Debt exclusion has an end. This, uh, most of the capital projects that we get involved in, all of our other schools that we've built in the community have all been debt exclusions. And we've been fortunate to pass uh, almost all of them. So. Yeah, to reinforce a couple of points that you mentioned, a great recap and summary. Um, October 24th from noon to 8 p.m. at Franklin High School. And because it's an aggregate vote across all 11 communities, we're not voting by precinct. As you go in, there'll be three voter stations set up per the clerk. Um, you can use any one of the three because the list is simply going to be alphabetic. And once you're uh, in, then you can vote. Etc. There will be uh, early voting or uh, absentee ballot equivalent. And I think she used a slightly different term for that, um, but that is available. So you, once the ballots are in, you'll be able to vote uh, in advance of the actual October 24th date specifically. Um, one of the questions I have for her, and we'll get to it as we get into the more details as we go. I'm curious as to exactly across the 11 communities, how many voters is that? I know, for example, we've got 20,000 voters in Franklin. How many does North Attleboro have, Sharon, et cetera, et cetera. 
that'll be curious to see in terms of kind of gauging, you know, if it's a 50 plus one vote, what is that really going to take? How many people is really going to have to come out and do something at that time? And then just to reinforce the other piece, uh, clearly it's the 2.1 million at this point. It'll vary a little bit depending upon the interest rates. They've projected it four and a quarter, but it really doesn't happen until the building is completed. So one, it has to be approved. Two, it actually has to be built. And then the funding will start. Um, And who knows exactly what the crystal ball is going to be at that point. It may be less than 4%. It may be more. Who knows? So stay tuned on that part. Um, But I think at least with the school committee of the Tri-County, again, that's the key piece that's going to be advocating for this vote. Nobody really in the town. The town clerk certainly is going to be communicating around the open hours, the ballot process, et cetera. But it's truly incumbent upon Tri-County to advocate for the vote. And I think based upon what we've heard, the building needs it. (laughs) We need a new building. Uh, It was a question of how do we do it? Well, they determined the new building was the most feasible. Now we know the cost. Uh, Now we'll just have to one vote, yay or nay, (laughs) to approve it. And then assuming it's approved, then vote to fund it. So exactly. Stay tuned for more details on that as that continues to develop. And then you moved into legislation for action. Uh, The first two we had spent some prior time on, and both of those were second readings. So we don't have to spend too, too much time on because both of those effectively passed last night by 9-0 votes via roll call. Exactly. The first one was the bylaw amendment that uh, justices uh, schedule of lot area frontage yard and height requirements. Uh, this, that was legislation that uh, the EDC had worked very hard on, along with the planning board, to uh, come up with uh, some adjustments that needed to be made. Uh, last night, as you said, was the second reading. We've had uh, multiple readings. We had two readings on it at the council. We had a public hearing on it. Planning board had a public hearing on it. So uh, that was moved forward last night, along with uh, some tweaking uh, of a bylaw to uh, uh, tweak the mar- marijuana use overlay district Uh that was just uh, a couple of minor tweaks that we did. And again, there was a public hearing. There was a couple of readings. Uh, so uh, that was relatively, uh, uh, that was a good thing to get moved forward. Um, then the last uh, was the uh, amendment to the uh, zoning map in Section 5. So that was really the... Uh, the zoning bylaw adjustments that were made uh, last night, there were three resolutions. Uh, then we went in, uh, there were there was a resolution for uh, the authorization for an intermunicipal agreement, which is something that uh, uh, was very intriguing to me. Uh, it's something I uh, hadn't heard about. And uh, Lieutenant Riley, and our police chief, T.J. Lynch, were both there last night to kind of give us a quick overview as to what it is. And it was uh, the Plymouth County versus Norfolk County uh, had come up with a way to help 
streamline the process, for lack of a better word, um, of writing tickets, getting tickets through the through the registry, uh, getting payments, uh, the ease of which to make payments online and so forth. And uh, we currently use a program in Norfolk County that uh, we've been using for many, many years. Um, I'm not saying that it was a bad system. It's just it was uh, it has become with this new uh, process that Plymouth County came up with, uh, which is much more streamlined. And Norfolk County hasn't come up with that yet. So uh, we decided that we would jump in with Plymouth County and uh, along with other communities within Norfolk County and communities across the state are starting to see this as a streamlined process, helping uh, to ease in which to process tickets and pay, get uh, giving the community the opportunity to pay these tickets online or and they can be paid you don't have to go to Plymouth County to uh, uh, to pay these tickets they can be paid at the town treasurer's office just like uh, uh, they do currently so yeah I think the chief mentioned uh, the one of the slight pieces that'll get addressed, I assume, as they get into the implementation, and then there'll be additional communications. The tickets apparently say Plymouth County. So, okay, I'm talking here in Franklin, and I'm getting a ticket from Plymouth County. Um, that's just a ticketing processing piece. Um, I'm assuming at some point in time, Plymouth County will effectively also automate their app and customize it to provide, you know, kind of that local labelization for Franklin and other communities to have their own branding on it, as opposed to having all of them say Plymouth County and avoiding that kind of question. But True. the yeah. uh, parking tickets can be paid for at the uh, municipal building on at th through the treasurer collector's office, et cetera. So that's all good. Um, and it saves us money, which, hey, you know, <laughs> to the extent that I, anything we already have me money, I, I, I love having uh, the our administrative team uh, bring forward ideas that uh, save us money because Absolutely. that's what it's yeah. all about. Yeah, and it's interesting as well in regards to when we've talked offline and prior around, you know, these kind of regionalization efforts. You know, we've got the uh, emergency communication center with the MEC. We've got the Metacomet uh, relationship now for our health inspector, nurse, and epidemiologist. And now into this parking agreement, we've separately done one with Norfolk County for the weights and measures. I mm -hmm. mean, there is a need for some of these groups to find this little place. And to the uh, extent that we can do so and leverage and save money, what's wrong with that? <laughs> there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And just to add to it, and our school department, look at our school department with the collaborations with the BICO Collaborative. Sure. And a lot of the special needs programs, uh, they work with collaborative, uh, collaboratively with other towns. Mm -hmm. That's a win-win that's a for everyone. Yes. So uh, the more we can do uh, of these kinds of things, uh, I love those, our administrators, as well as our school committee and school board, 
looking outside the box, looking how to uh, collaborate with other communities or other departments in getting things streamlined. So mm -hmm. uh, kudos to everybody there. So Yep. <clears throat> and then the next item for resolution was uh, a relatively unique instance where there's a development in Bellingham, almost instant entirety is located in Bellingham, but the access road is off Prospect Street and runs through Franklin or portions of. So there was a private road covenant set. So Franklin obviously got the road built to our specs, but we don't have to maintain it, plant, prepare for it, et cetera, et cetera, because it had private road covenant. That's, that's exactly right. And, and it is very unique. There aren't many of these around, obviously, uh, but this happens to be one. And uh, the council decided uh, last night to vote absolutely <laughs> as we should have. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, total support. It was unanimous support of this covenant uh, for the developer on Prospect Hill Estates. So. Yep. All good. Yes, for me. And then you had an opportunity as well last night for a gift acceptance for another $1,500 for the veteran services to use to support our veterans. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, uh, we say it all the time, Steve, but, uh, you know, our community is so giving uh, and are always contributing, whether it be to veterans, whether, whether it be to the senior center, whether it be to the library, individuals as well as businesses, uh, you know, and there were, you know, maybe 15 or 20 uh, uh, individuals, uh, uh, families that made donations and we just combined them all and these were all going to the veteran services. So, once again, thank you to everyone who continues to support and donate to uh, these different programs within our community. And the final bit of our recap from last night, the uh, town administrator spent time on his report section to provide an update on the migrant <laughs> housing piece, which for folks, I believe it was only a week or so ago that we got notified by the state. So again, that was one of his key points. The state is making these decisions uh, to release the Best Western Hotel facility to house migrants and obviously will be playing a role in there, but as asked. And as the town administrator certainly provided more details and you can elaborate on those as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think rather as, as asked as directed, by the governor's office or by a legislator. Right. Uh, this is not a decision that the town council or these aren't decisions that are being made by the town council, town administration, school committee, school board. None of the municipal uh, government has anything to do with this migrant program. This is all coming from uh, the state and the state, there are about, uh, well, a week ago, there were 80 communities. Uh, I think it's probably closer to a hundred now, uh, 90 to a hundred, uh, where the state has gone in and, uh, rented, uh, these parts or all of these different hotels and, uh, for providing places for 
of these uh, migrants that could be from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's, you know, we there's so many unanswered questions, and that's why I asked the town administrator to do it under his town administrator's report rather than a discussion because there's nothing worse than having a discussion that you don't have answers for, uh, that you know you're going to get questions that you don't have answers for. So I asked him to give us an update under his town administrative report that allowed him to tell us everything that we know at this time. Mm-hmm. And this all started 10 days ago, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, and, you know, currently we have uh, 80 to 90 adults uh, at the Best Western on Upper Union Street, and about forty uh, children. Uh, you know, uh, over time, uh, these children that will be housed there uh, will be uh, brought into our school system because, again, we're required to provide an education for residents of our community, and these people are residents. We are a welcoming community. We are a welcoming state. Uh, Right now, the state is doing everything up there. They've asked us to kind of stay back a little uh, while they get some of the processes and procedures in place as to how these things, how this is all going to work. The governor's office uh, informed us 10 days ago that uh, they were going, that they had leased uh, or rented 100 rooms at the Best Western for a year till the end of June of next year. Now, uh, 100 rooms is the entire hotel. Uh, Right now, they're using, I think they have 30, 35 rooms or uh, and probably increasing to 50 over the next uh, month or two. One of the things we learned from the manager, and the manager of the hotel has been wonderful and uh, a good communicant. She's communicating with our Board of Health, Kathy Liberty, who is a Board of Health Director. She uh, is the lead person for the town. So the state is not only communicating with Jamie, but uh, with Kathy as the uh, director of uh, the Board of Health. So the uh, manager of the hotel let us know early on when they first, uh, the announcement was made that she had probably 50% occupancy over the next a few months into the end of January with Patriots games, uh, concerts, all kinds of different things. And uh, she informed us, uh, she gave us a call. This didn't come from uh, governor's office. This came from the manager of the hotel who said she was called by the corporate office to say that uh, she was to cancel all reservations that she had on the books effective October 1st going forward. So that obviously tells us that there's going to be more people moving in. Now, uh, we've also been told that there are four or five people to a room. 
Uh, so that could be four or 500 people. How many children might that be? Well, 150, 200, 125, you don't know the school age. These are all questions, like I said earlier on, uh, we don't have answers to. So, uh, you know, and we don't want to start uh, looking at things before they actually happen. Uh, and before we get what the process, what the procedures are, what's expected of the community. Now, they have told us that children that will be brought into our school system will be subsidized uh, by the state, uh, you know, but they're not able to tell us what that subsidy is yet. That has yet to be determined. And when we got that, when we get that subsidy, again, that's, they can't answer that question for us either. So uh, there's just so many unanswered questions. Uh, there's a couple of very big meetings, one today uh, with the Lieutenant Governor and the Governor are meeting with uh, our legislators. And really that's uh, going forward, that's gonna be kind of where we gonna where we're gonna get our direction from. Uh, as people know, the governor declared a state of emergency last week to help with more federal funds to help with this migrant issue that we're dealing with here in town. And on top of that, allowed her to use the national call out the National Guard. Now call out the National Guard is kind of a a broad statement, and that's a statement that I heard people in the community, does that mean tanks are coming into town? And and that's absolutely not. But the state of emergency, by declaring that, it allows her to call out the National Guard. And there might be one National Guardman or two National Guardsmen that might be brought to the communities that have these to help distribute and manage uh, the migrants in that particular facility. So that's what, and as of now, there is, there is no, you know, National Guard's person uh, on site in Franklin. Uh, might there be, as the population in that hotel grows, I would expect that we would see uh, one up there or two up there, depending. But again, more questions we don't have answers to. And as I promised the council, as well as the community last night, that uh, as we get this information, we will provide this information to the community. When we need the community, Franklin, one Franklin, to come forward and help, I know they will be there. But it's not now. It's not yet. Uh, because there's just so many things. And right now, the state and the hotel are handling everything. And kudos to the Best Western and the manager at the Best Western, who has been wonderful. Uh, they're cooking the food. They're uh, making the meals. The people are eat, eating uh, at the hotel. So it's a lot of good things, uh, you know, and these people are could be from anywhere. They also could be people that are from Franklin. They also are people that could be from any town across the state or from another state. And maybe they've been in the United States for a month. 
but maybe they've been in the United States for years. These are just, these are, again, more questions that we don't have answers. We don't have answers to. And I'm not sure in that particular case, we will ever get, you know, complete answers as to every single uh, person that's in the hotel. But going forward, I truly believe that there will be a need for the community, those in the community that would like to help. Uh, there will be that opportunity, that, but that opportunity is not just now. It's, uh, again, all of these things are being uh, dealt with out of the governor's office. And we're kind of, we kind of just get the information as they release it. And sometimes, uh, very, very often, we wish it was more detailed, uh, but I know they're working through it. And one of the things that uh, the governor has said on multiple occasions is this is not sustainable. So there needs to be work done with our state legislature as well as our federal legislature as to how this situation gets dealt with going forward, because as it currently sits, it is just not sustainable. Uh, I know from a uh, Franklin community point of view, it is just not sustainable. So, so we'll see. Uh, again, answers coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know people can't see it, but you can see it. A couple of pages uh, three worth of pages questions. of questions in, in front of me that I would love to have answers to. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, unfortunately, they're not there yet. But we will get there. And yeah. I'm confident that we will. I have confidence in our legislature, uh, legis legislative body that we will get there. Yes, indeed. Developing story. Um, I reinforce the point that you made along the way. Uh, Superintendent Jagir also participated last night from a school perspective. They've started the inventory. Not all the children there are of school age. Certainly there are some that are younger. Um, they're trying to do that assessment in terms of of those that are school age, what's their needs, what's their ages, et cetera, et cetera. But to reinforce your other point was this culture and in some cases, the media has been misusing and or equivocating the words migrant and immigrant. Um, and they are two separate definitions. And you mentioned it as well, that migrants effectively have moved within to better their housing, et cetera. We know we have a housing issue in Franklin because all you have to do is look at any of the listings of which there are few. And the pricing of that is just going through the roof. Uh, we know, in fact, there are homeless in Franklin because when there has been a fire in a apartment and it takes months for the apartment to be repaired, if they're living on the edge and that was what they could afford, there is no other place here in Franklin for them to be. So they, in fact, there may be some of them, in fact, in this you know, migrant community being housed in the Best Western or in other parts within Mass, wherever those 80, 90 growing number of communities are going to be allocated to solve what we've discussed here and is is truly an issue that's going to be around for a while. How are we going to solve our housing issue? Um, yeah. It is not affordable. It is not. There's not plenty of it, um, which affects the affordability. And people do need a roof over their head. Uh, 
um, the state, at least to their credit, has stepped up and started leading the effort. They're calling on the federal uh, folks to step up because it's really a countrywide issue as well. So stay tuned. We'll keep you informed as we hear. Um, and uh, and so it goes. Thank you, Steve. Well, thank you for taking time to do this recap. Um, hope the rest of your Thursday is a little bit cooler. I understand it's kind of warm outside. Yeah, for sure. And it'll be another couple of weeks. We'll have some more uh, juicy topics to talk about coming yes, out of the do. September 20th meeting. Um, yes, as we've already alluded, there's a couple of key topics are going to be there and decided one way or another. And we'll be able to recover those and recap for the community. So thank you for taking time today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And for the listeners, thank you for listening. And we do this as a quick reminder because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.